Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 336 of the podcast. It's March 14th, 2019. My guest today is Gladys Bogeshi. She is the CEO at Charlotte Maxiki Johannesburg Academic Hospital, which is one of the 10 central hospitals in South Africa and the main teaching platform of the University of the Watersrand. The hospital is situated in Johannesburg with a bed capacity of 1,189. Now, Gladys is going to be a keynote speaker at this year's Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit to be held in Washington, D.C. on June 13th and 14th. I'll be there, and I hope you can join us. I'm also going to be teaching a pre-summit workshop based on my book, Measures of Success. I hope you can attend. You can find links to all of that by going to leanblog.org slash 336. So in this episode, we talk about how Gladys got introduced to lean, some of the improvements that her hospital has driven in surgery, pharmacy, and other areas. What is her role as a CEO in a lean journey? What are some of the fundamental behaviors that are important and how can you coach people on those? We talk about all of that and more. So I also want to thank, uh, again, Catalysis for partnering um, on this episode and the Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit. I appreciate them for making Gladys available for today's podcast. Hi, Gladys. Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. How are you? Hi, Mark. It's good to talk to you in this podcast. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, and can you start by introducing yourself for the listeners, and if you can let people know a little bit, um, you know, about your career in hospital management? Um, my name is Gladys Bokoshi uh, from South Africa. I was born and bred in Pretoria. I'm a physiotherapist by profession. I qualified in 1985 worked through my profession and went up the ladder until I, in 2003, I then became a clinical manager looking after, uh, you know, the lelite disciplines like your radiographers, physiotherapists, um, occupational therapists. And uh, as I was there at Chris Hardy Baraguanas Hospital, which is one of the biggest hospitals in the world, which has got 2,888 beds, and it was once in the Guinness Book of Records. I was then requested to go and act as a CEO in one of the regional hospitals called Helen Joseph Hospital in Auckland Park, Johannesburg. Um, that was in 2006, and due to the fact that the hospital had not had a CEO for quite some time. I was actually taken aback because I didn't know why me, um, as I had never uh, aspired to be a CEO, nor even had a thought around that. And as they always say, that the rest is history. I stayed at Helen Joseph for about two months, and after two months, I was confirmed as the CEO. Now, uh, Helen Joseph Hospital is a regional hospital, as I say, which only offers specialist care. But in 2013, I was then appointed as the CEO of Charlotte Magreke Johannesburg Academic Hospital, which is a central hospital that performs all the highly specialized um, services, clinical services. The only thing we don't do is heart transplant 
el mejor escuchado. Mm. Okay, so, you, so you've been CEO there since 2015, and did you get introduced to Lean um, in this current role, or when, when did you first learn about Lean and the applications in healthcare? Yeah, no, I, I, I became the CEO here in 2013. And in 2014, I was introduced to Lean by our medic, member of executive council, that is our political head, who had a company that wanted to do some social responsibility. And one of our challenges was waiting times in pharmacy. So they came to sort of test the 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 the, the, the project and introduce us to Lean. But when they came here, um, I also informed them that, you know, we have a challenge in our theater. Our theater efficiency was very low. So they, they you know, due to my compelling reasons, they decided to um, do the two areas, which is waiting times in pharmacy and um, looking at whether they could improve uh, theater efficiencies. The project lasted for 11 weeks. At that time, I didn't know what lean management was all about, but I saw how they worked because they were working with the people on the ground and on a daily basis, they'll come and give me feedback about what they had achieved on the day. So that's how I was introduced to lean. After the project, um, we reduced our waiting time significantly in pharmacy. Um, we divided the area into three. The first one, was the patients who were coming to collect medication that is less than uh, five items on their script. Those ones, their waiting times came <clears throat> down from more than two hours to about 10 to 15 minutes, if not five minutes sometimes. And then the second group was the ones that were coming to collect medication that was more than five items on the script. Some of them used to wait up to six hours and we brought the waiting times down to about 90 minutes, which up to today we are still um, maintaining. Sometimes we do fluctuate to about 120 minutes, but we have never gone beyond uh, two, uh, 320 minutes. The third area was the patients who were discharged waiting for their medication. They also used to wait up to six to eight hours, but uh, we brought the waiting time to less than two hours. In terms of the theater, yes, our theater used to, you know, I when I arrived here in 2013, I found that in 2009, a public health specialist had um, done a study and found that our theater efficiency was at 36%. And that was the reason why I asked them, can't you look at this also? And so having worked there for 11 weeks, we, we have 33 theaters. So we chose to work only two, on two, which were both of them were orthopedic um, theaters. And we improved efficiency in that theater over 11 weeks to about 86%, which we are still maintaining up to today. So to me, it looked like this was um, you know, something that works, even though I did not understand how it works. So that's how I was introduced to Lynn. Yeah, mm. well, it, it sounds like it... Um that that first introduction to lean was powerful because it sounds like it was really improving aspects of patient care uh, in, in in a very um, meaningful way. And I, I think that's a great place to start instead of just teaching lean concepts. Let's, let's go and solve, let's go prove that 
um, there are benefits to doing this, right? Yes, no, definitely. You know, uh, because pharmacy used to be our eyesore. You know, regularly on a daily basis, you either get a telephone call or an email or, a, you know, somebody coming to my office that I've been waiting for so long and, and, and all that. And to me, it was, um, if you think a patient experience should be a good one, then people should not even come to my office to request um, a, 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 a service in, in the hospital. But the second thing is that the uh, people who come to our hospitals travel sometimes long distances. So my worry was that if they spend six hours here and then they spend all this money and all the time, then it means these people are not going to work. And, you know, and, and, and it just does affect the, the impact. It's not only about their health care, it's about their experience. It's also about the financial constraints that they have. With the theater, you know, if we were running at 36%, it, it meant we were not turning our base quickly, which means some operations were canceled. And my concern was that you, you get very anxious when they tell you that you are going to theater tomorrow. You don't eat and then only to be told, no, you are not going. So for me, it was just when people come to our service, they must get the experience that is positive and they want to come back. Mm. Um, so in, who led that initial or the, the initial projects in pharmacy in the operating room? Did you have a consultant working with you or was there a specialist who had experience with the lean methodology? It, it was a private company that um, had some money uh, and they wanted to do some social responsibility. And one of the things that they were doing, they had a lean um, experts. So they brought those consultants here. And what was interesting was that none of us, including the people in pharmacy, nor those who came to us, had no idea what these people were talking about. And it really looked strange. But I'm one person who believes in innovation. And uh, who am I to say you can't try it here? And, and and what was interesting, in fact, was that um, about we, 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 they, they requested that I identify about I think about six people at that time, and 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 three of them said not for me. The other three said, you know what? We don't know what we are, what we are going to do, but we are in. And to date, uh, one of them is actually the lead navigator who came to the Chicago conference and, and, and you know, having been called, not knowing and just hitting the ground running, he loved what he saw to the extent that now he's one of our best lean navigators and is teaching lean in the province of Haute. Mm, okay. So this is um, mm. at, at the Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit 2018 in Chicago. They attended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking forward to yeah. um, meeting you and hearing you present uh, again at the summit this year in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, oh, I'm also looking forward to that. I can't wait. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so you have those uh, initial projects. And I'm, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit. You know, you said at first, you know, it sounds like you were happy with uh, to see improvement, happy to see results. Um, did, when, at what point did you start learning more about what lean management means? 
Yeah, um, I, I think our member of the executive council, the one, as I said, they approached first, um, saw the results and was impressed because regularly we would meet with her uh, to give her the, the, the results. So she then made a contact with Lynn Institute of South Africa and, um, uh, and engaged Professor Norman Paul to come and give us um, a two-day training on introduction to lean management. That was around 2015, early 2015. And so that's when I realized, oh, so this is what was happening. And what came very clear to me at that time in the two-day training was that um, lean is about understanding your processes, standardizing your processes, identifying where waste is, and eliminating waste through a, a process that is understood by everybody. But I think the second thing that I learned out of it was that um, it needed teamwork. And, you know, when you do processing, most of the time we would say, well, this is a problem for nurses or whichever type group of, of people you were seeing. But what I realized was that um, when you're looking at a patient, you need to make sure that you bring all the role players so that your process is one and it, 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 it involves everybody. And when you eliminate waste, you, you eliminate waste from, from the one that is easy, that you can um, you know, do your countermeasures and, and be able to measure it. So I suddenly started understanding uh, what uh, the, the consultant firm that was here was doing. And, um, you know, then I was able to go back to the two departments, you know, to ask, if I may call it, intelligent questions, to say, how did you do this? And, and all that. Subsequent to that, uh, we were then um, chosen, a few of us, because I run a central hospital. In South Africa, how, and especially in our province, you have smaller hospitals and clinics referring to you. So I've got about 14 hospitals and a few other provinces that refer to us. So the strategy was that if you train the CEOs of the central hospitals, then when they come back, they can start um, working with um, the, the teams, not only from their hospitals, and maybe we could identify if, let's say, we take pharmacy. All of us can do pharmacy, and we share experiences from there. So that's how I came to Seraka with uh, about 11 colleagues on a crash course, and we 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 learned um, the lean now. And what was good when we were in in, in Seraka was not only the classroom experience. We visited the hospitals. We saw how their visual boards were done. We started understanding what is the true north, how you build up your model cells, and you know all the things that we learned there. Out of that visit, we we were very fortunate that Dr. John Toussaint um, decided to coach um, three of us in South Africa, which is myself. Yes, from Charlotte McGregor, the second CEO was from Leratong Hospital, and the third one from a hospital called Dr. George Mukare. So in 2017, from February, we went through this training for the whole year on a monthly basis. And that's when I was introduced to coaching and, and or, you know, coaching the teams that are implementing the, the, the lean in the model mm-hmm. cells, but also coaching the teams and my executives on how to implement lean.
Yeah. So you, you went, um, you went and visited Wisconsin and then did John actually come and, and visit your hospital in South Africa or was he coaching you through video conference or other, other technology? Yeah. What, what he did is that he would send us the material early in the month, um, a video, maybe with a few um, readings from the books and some articles, maybe sometimes questions that we had to um, do. And once a month, we will then go through what we have learned and share the experiences that we had had, including working on our own personal entry. And what was very, very profound, which is still what made me to really believe in, in the Lean Masters, was, was the coaching on fundamental behaviors. So that was mainly our concentration in the beginning. Um, we did this from February, as I say, and in October, South Africa was going to hold the Lean Summit. So when he came to the summit, he then visited, uh, he spent a day at my hospital and a day in the other two. And he was so impressed with uh, what people had achieved because we had started other model cells. And I need to mention upfront that just like the first model cells that we did, none of the people were trained. Um, you know, on the lease management. So I had to figure out how do I coach them and get them to develop them to be their sol problem solvers with, with my coaching, encouraging them, guiding them. Occasionally, um, uh, Oki, the guy that I said, started as the lead navigator and he would come and sort of like come and help them with a maybe a fishbowl or how to um, you know collect data or ask them questions to to prompt them but it was far apart from, from that but with that we got very good results and um, and, and, and Dr. Toussaint was so impressed that um, he invited me to go to Amsterdam last year to share my experience in Amsterdam with how you can implement lean management with very, very little resources and, and, and still get good results. Yeah. Well, that's great. Mm. And I'm, I'm curious, I mean, so it, it's, it sounds like it's, it's very helpful for the lean journey that you are actively learning as, as CEO um, sounds like you're leading by example. What are, as you, as you try to coach others who work for you, what are some of those key fundamental behaviors that you try uh, to, to demonstrate and, uh, and coach others on fundamental behaviors? No, thanks for that question. You know, the, the, the first one, that I learned is to show respect. And, and, and not only to show respect, define respect in the context of you being the CEO who people are used to being coming down to solve their problems, but showing respect to say, you are the one who's working in this area. You are the one who knows exactly what is wrong or even if you don't know, you can actually diagnose, but you actually probably have um, solutions that you were not given an opportunity to implement in a, an organized way. 
The second behavior that I learned and I cherish is to be humble. That many a times when you go to the ground um, and people hear the CEOs coming, everybody wants to run away because the first question that comes to their um, mind is that maybe there's something wrong and we have to defend ourselves and all that. And what, what, what happens now, if I say I'm coming, everybody's looking forward because when I go on on, 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 on like there's like a gamba or whatever it is that I would be doing there, I'm going to see the good work that they're doing. And, 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 and so when you come and you are humble, you show respect, you, 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 you come there to see and to listen in order to learn, not to criticize. It, it, it has changed the way the teams are working. In fact, if you don't come, it's like, why are you coming? Why are you not coming to see us? Because they want to show the work that they are doing. The, the other two, maybe three behaviors that I feel really changed the way I see myself as a leader is standardizing your work, leader standard work. If people know that, um, you know, you're coming on Monday to see the good work, and then on Wednesday you're coming to do whatever it is that you're doing, and even yourself in your office, you have your own standard work, then you start to reduce the crisis, but to have a a, 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 a organized way of, of, of running through your day, you know, with, 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 with a program that you stick to. Because what would happen is that I would put everything on my to-do list today and at four o'clock when it's time to go home, I find that not even one of those things I had done. And with, with looking at my diary like that, I found that all the things that I have done were not actually adding value to the patient or the staff or whoever I was serving. You know, you, you would be doing your paperwork. Yes, you finished it, but did it add value to, to the experience of the patient who's coming? And then maybe the other one that is really quite important is to have a body. Because every person, you are human. Yes, you may live here with very good intentions that you are going to see the good work. But sometimes you don't see yourself that you are actually going back to your old behavior. So if you have a body, you're able to get somebody who, who is not judgmental, who just gives you positive or negative feedback in such a way that it helps you to grow and, and, and mature more into this. And what I've noticed is with all these and all the others that I can talk about, if you work on your behavior, then it becomes easy to change the culture of an organization. Because then everybody who goes to the next level, they go there to see the good work. When they go down there, they show humbleness. When they go look at anything, they, they, they're not judgmental. You know, they're not going to, to listen so that uh, people can respond, but they go there to listen, understand, and learn what people are telling you about. And still now, we, you know, with all the financial constraints that we have, we have not been able to train a lot of people. But, you know, the last model cell that started in ICU where they deal with infection control, 
The only thing I had with them was just to talk with them and brought the two other model cells to encourage them. And the next time when I went three weeks later, I just could not believe what they had done. The motivation level, the, the determination to reduce the infection rate in that ward. They have no idea what is this lean. In fact, as we talk most of the time, when you say, what about this? They say, excuse me, what are you talking about? And then you have to stop and say, oh, agenda is go see and what have you. And when we say, what are your countermeasures? They look at me as if I'm from space because they've never been trained. But once I explain what is a countermeasure, boy, they get into business. They put them and they work on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you make a lot of really good points there. And I, and I think it's I think it's really interesting, your your observation, that it's helpful for everybody um, to have a coach and, and, um, cause it's not easy sometimes to change behaviors. Um, I'll, I'll say that, you know, myself included that it's helpful to have somebody observe and, and, and point out things that we might not notice ourselves. So I, I appreciate you, uh, really appreciate you sharing that. Um, yes, no, I, I think you, you're right, especially because, as I said, from 2015, we've been exposed to the lean management. But what I find is quite critical is the coaching that is linked to the lean, because the coaching keeps the sustainability, but the coaching gives people motivation, because when you go there, you're coming to see the good work. And most of the time, before we leave, we say, what are we celebrating today? And sometimes, you know, you think it's a small thing, you know, like um, today we managed to finish all the patients on time. But you see the the smile and the happiness on their face. But, you know, they they, they really, it, it was probably something that was bothering them. But they, today, because they've done it for the first time and they did it on their own without anybody helping them, you just see the happiness to, you know, that they do. And tomorrow morning, they say, you will see. Give us two weeks. We will then even finish before, um, you know, the end of the clinic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so can you talk about some of your, your goals, um, for, for this year or the coming years, what, what are some of your goals for, for lean other than continuing to coach people and, and, and trying to spread some of these behaviors? What, what are you hoping to accomplish and, and how will those lean accomplishments contribute to the goals of the hospital or healthcare for you? No, thanks for that. Um, fortunately, the, 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 the model cells that we, cho- we chose, um, you know, when we were coached by Dr. Chu, Don Chusan, we, we, we had um, six what we call our minister, our secretary of health in, in, in your terminology, asking us to reduce waiting times which was not specific, by the way. So anyway, where you know that people are waiting long, you had to do something about it. The second one was the staff attitude. The third was um, the patient safety. And and if you take that infection control, you would also put it under patient safety because if somebody gets infection while they are in hospital, the chances of them maybe dying or 
or maybe having very poor outcomes, health outcomes are very high. But it also talked about cleanliness, but um, how do we keep the environment clean? And also in terms of ensuring that our medication, um, we, we do not have a lot of stock out. So when we, we, we then, um, as I was introducing it to my uh, senior management, we then said, no, let's just go through this because all of them are relevant. And so the staff attitude, we said, with the coaching, we're going to look at how many complaints we reduce because we measure our complaints. Our patient safety, we looked at all the things, patient falls and what have you. The waiting time, I've mentioned some about that. And the cleanliness, we actually mixed the cleanliness with the infection control and the patient safety. And so if you take that, for me, my wish is that we are already starting to work on our goals. But what is very important for me is to see the model cell being made up of different people. If you look at the infection control one, we have a security at the gate who's working with the plug, who's working the patient plug, and the, 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 the cleaner who cleans the ward, the operator who cleans the machines, the doctor and the nurse, they form a model cell. And they have taught each other about their dependency so much that the cleaner now is the one who teaches the doctors how to wash their hands because she understands that she's also a health worker in a way, and uh, she contributes towards um, a saving life. But the second thing that I would like to see is that people must own up to their problems in, in their improvement cycles to improve and to continue doing them all the time through working as teams and not only just, um, what's the word? You know, are choosing if I may put it in inverted commas because most of the time we say if so and so was doing something, I would be performing better. Most of the time when we when they say if so and so who's doing this, I said, but do you know how he works? Would it make sense if we go and see what he's doing? And many a times, in fact, all the time when they come back, you know, some of them come back and say, "See, we are so embarrassed." What we thought it was the problem was not actually the problem. And most of the time you find that they feel sorry for the other people because they thought they were the problem, only to realize that, in fact, maybe even then, they are a problem to them. So my wish is to really see ourselves as the whole hospital, because this is a big hospital. We've got about 5,000 employees. We have 1,068 days. If we all can see ourselves as health workers, whether you are a health worker as a nurse or a clerk or a porter moving patients, see yourself as contributing towards the health well-being of the people who use our service. Um, so Gladys, um, how, how, how widespread would you say the interest is uh, about lean and South African hospitals or other parts of your healthcare system? Yeah, um, in Houting, in the public hospitals, um, there has been a lot of interest because people have seen the work that we have done, a few of us who have been trained. Um, but in, in the private sector, we are starting to see interest. We've had few people also coming to visit us. And with the lean summits that we are holding in the country, um, we are seeing uh, interest uh, growing. And the second province that I know is actually getting big is Western Cape, 
where they've also adopted lean as the way of, 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 of improving, bringing a continuous improvement and, you know, to developing their staff. So I think it may not grow as fast as we would like to, but there is some interest that we are seeing. Well, and I'm sure there'll be continued uh, conferences and the Lean Institute, South Africa. I've met Norman before. Um, so I, I know he's doing a lot to try to help promote Lean and um, you're getting great coaching from John, John Toussaint. So there's a lot of um, positive things where hopefully your influence and, and your leadership and, and the approach that, that you're taking will, um, will spread as people hear more about those success stories. And, and speaking of conferences and, and sharing lessons, you know, again, I want to mention um, to the listeners that Gladys will be one of the keynote speakers at the Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit. It's being held this year in Washington, D.C., June 13th and 14th. Um, I, I will be there. And uh, look forward to um, hearing Gladys speak. And um, I'm, I know you have um, a lot more. Uh, we, we don't, don't want to ask uh, ask you to give away everything here in the podcast. Um, I know you'll have more um, to talk about at the summit. But maybe a final question for you, Gladys. Um, you know what? What advice? You know, other than what you've already shared, and you've you've shared a lot. Um, do, do you have other advice for hospital CEOs? regardless of where they are in the world, um, you know, advice for them about how to have, have the best impact and the most sustainable impact with lean. Yeah, for me, what I've learned out of the whole experience and the advice I can give is if you are a CEO, is are you willing to change? Are you ready to make sure that you let the people on the ground, the frontline workers, develop them so that they can solve their own problems. Are you willing to have a standard work? Because once you have the leader standard work, it becomes easy to go down to the frontline workers to preach the leader standard work and share with them how it can be done. And lastly, is to show respect, humbleness. And I believe that nobody leaves their home to come and harm a patient. It is the system that is a problem. And if our frontline workers understand when you come, when there's a problem, that you are not saying that they are the problem. You are saying the system is broken. Let's fix it all in a very organized, scientific way so that we can be able to measure our results, do our countermeasures, put targets that are achievable, and sustain them because that's the most critical thing. The second advice I can give everybody is that at many a times I always say in my office, the boss is my personal assistant because she knows what's going on. She directs all of us. Otherwise, if all of us are personal assistants, nothing is going to go right. So how do you utilize the people around you to to be your frontline workers in your own office? Because if you get it right there, then it becomes easy to go out to the staff, the other frontline workers. 
Well, it's, uh, that's great, great advice. And I, I appreciate you sharing your experiences, Gladys. And again, uh, very, very much look forward to meeting you and hearing you speak um, at the summit. So um, thank you very much for taking time um, out, out of your busy day. And, and we'll certainly look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. I'm also looking forward to meeting all of you, learning also from everybody. And I'm, I'm sure people will learn from our South African experience. Yeah, because a lot of the things you talk about sound very universal and, and transferable. I think a lot of this seems to be human nature, organizational nature. Um, so thank you for, for in advance for traveling such a long distance and, and for sharing your insights with everybody. And, and thanks again for being here today. Thank you very much and all the best to you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.